When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Panel this morning is uh, Mark Watson and Jamie Wall, who I'm led to believe is in Fiji. Uh, not the first time we've spoken to Jamie Wall while he's been in Fiji. You, are you the ambassador there? Uh, yeah, I'm officially now New Zealand's Fiji correspondent, uh, coming to you live from Suva. So, um, yeah, I can confirm that the weather is very nice. Well, Fiji has been the host of uh, a number of uh, successful sevens tournaments and, of course, sevens teams. And that was the order of the day rugby-wise uh, in Hamilton at the weekend, Jamie. Uh, the uh, Ferns getting up, of course, uh, in very emphatic fashion, but uh, not so the All Black Sevens. What did you make of the weekend as a finale? Uh, yeah, it was a kind of a sad way for the, the tournament to to kind of go out like this and that they, they brought it back after a, was it, a couple of year hiatus uh, only to, only for everyone to know that it was going to get taken away again. Um, I, you know, I watched, uh, I watched a lot of it on TV, obviously here in Fiji, they're pumping it out on um, TVs wherever you look. Uh, and, um, you know, it was an entertaining tournament. Um, obviously the Blackburn Simmons do what the Blackburn Simmons always do, which is win um, and win, win in a very impressive style. Uh, obviously for the All Black Simmons, it's always going to be a little bit trickier uh, and they did really well to reach the final and got really ripped off at the end there that should have been um, a penalty or maybe even a penalty try so uh, it was great to see both the teams on the field for 100% of the time that they, they should have been uh, and it just will be quite interesting I know we've talked about this before but like what happens next with Sevens and where they take these tournaments um, but also what it means for the players themselves you know whether New Zealand rugby continue to uh, contract them as, as full-time um, athletes, considering they're probably going to be playing less, uh, or go the other way and pump as much um, capital into it, into it because it may well end up being a far more lucrative um, series of uh, of games. So it, it's some interesting times ahead. Um, it clearly provides uh, a good pathway for the women um, who seem to be able to transition from sevens to fifteens a lot easier than the men. Um, and but but again, now that we have Super Rugby Opaki, you know, starting, and the Black Ferns are going to have a far more rigid um, season set up. Whether that will be a thing going forward, whether they'll be able to do both, whether they'll just be able to have time to do both, um, that'll be interesting as well. So, you know, yeah, like I said, sad way for it to finish. As someone who grew up in Wellington and went to, I think it was about twelve in a row down there, um, it's 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 sad to see it see it leave New Zealand shores, but at the same time, I understand why they they are doing it. Right, uh, Mark Watson with us this morning. Mark, do you see it as a bit of a blessing in disguise that uh, it won't be in New Zealand for a while? Will it rejuvenate it, or is it a dangerous thing? Oh, look, it's an evolution, isn't it? I mean, I don't as good a job as Hamilton has done. I don't think it was ever going to be Wellington when Wellington was at its peak. Um, yeah, just disappointing with the way we run events in this country. Oh, I think it's probably a wider issue for me. And, and, and yeah, the hottest ticket in town is no longer. Uh, look, in regards to, look, sevens, 
it's look, yeah, controversial victory you could say for Argentina but look I think sevens is always going to be the global point of view when it comes to rugby or a form of rugby it's easy to pick up isn't it we saw some years ago uh, the likes of Kenya winning tournaments we've seen the United States we see you know Samoa these smaller countries winning tournaments and I think if you're wanting to try and grow the game and get a genuine global point of view it is within sevens Um, what does that mean for New Zealand I think because 15s is our game, we will continue to always put greater emphasis on that. But the Olympic Games is the big game changer, isn't it? Clearly. And that is really, really important to New Zealanders. Um, look, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's been great to see the Black Ferns do well on the women's side. You know, the evolution in the game is not quite there yet, so it is easy for the girls to switch between 15s and 7s. Well, I think on the men's side, 7s has almost become its own sort of sport. Um, I think there are certainly one or two players that can certainly jump back and forth between 15s. Yeah, I think the really interesting time for uh, New Zealand women's sevens, um, I think I mentioned this earlier, we've won a Women's World Cup. Now, how do we capitalise on it? Well, we're not going to capitalise on it if we've got our top women's 15 players overseas playing sevens during the Opaki Super Rugby and during the Farrah Palmer Cup, which is in fact going to be the case this year, which I just think is a really, really poor decision. I just think, look, take some development players and sevens, play them over in tournaments like Canada at the moment, maybe just sacrifice this year in terms of trying to win everything, but still developing, still growing, still providing that depth, and really try and capitalise on the 15s at home because, you know, I'm not convinced that people are going to still continue to pay money and go through the turnstiles and support women's rugby without necessarily um, a World Cup associated or attached to it. And yeah, I think I think I think they've missed a beat this year, and having a lot of those players away with the sevens team. So it's a really interesting time still for women's rugby. It is. It is actually. You raise a very good point there. Uh, it's ten thirty here on SCNZ in the mornings. We'll take a very quick uh, news break with Aroha, and when we come back, we uh, might look at a little bit of netball, a bit of boxing, maybe a bit of baseball. Big talk, big opinions. The panel. Yes, uh, it is uh, now 10.33 here on SENZ, and uh, let's uh, turn our attention to boxing, shall we? Uh, Jamie Wall, not sure if you saw the Joseph Parker fight uh, at the weekend. It was free-to-air, uh, which tended to, ju- to, ju- to suggest they were looking for interest in it. And Joseph Parker, um, well, unconvincing, I think, and has, uh, come, has won over Jack Massey. Where to for Joseph Parker now, surely? Well, I think we're having the same conversation we've had three or four times over the last couple of years um, because it seems that every time Joseph Parker fights, the question is where to? And it's because we haven't had any sort of statement performance out of him for quite a while now. Um, I would say even going right back to when he won the WBO uh, heavyweight title. Um, And, you know, his career trajectory has been in the wilderness ever since he lost to Anthony Joshua. You know, he's been fighting these guys um, ever ever since. They're not exactly big names. I certainly, Jack Massey wasn't particularly familiar to me uh, and obviously not familiar to the heavyweight division either because he's a cruiserweight who went up and Joe came into that fight with 14 kgs on him. So it was pretty obvious what was going to happen in that fight, which was just going to be 10 rounds of Joe doing keep away with him and scoring his points and, and winning the fight. And like I said, every time Joe fights, 
we're expecting to see something and we never really get it. And don't get me wrong, I love Joe. He's a, he's a great guy. He's great to deal with. And, and I, I, I want him to do really, really well. But I, I feel like his, he's just at a point now where he's just taking taking fights with no real uh, path set out for him to perhaps be back in the main title picture. Um, the, the only thing I can really think that he, he might achieve beyond these sorts of fights in the next couple of years is if Alexander Uchik needed a warm-up fight um, before he fights Tyson Fury, if that ever actually goes ahead. Uh, that, and, and even if that was on the cards, a lot of things would need to fall into place in order for that to happen. That would be a big payday. That, that would definitely be on pay-per-view. Um, and it would garner a lot of interest because um, he's already signaled, or both both him and Tyson Fury have signaled that they don't want, don't want to fight each other because they're good friends, and that's fair enough. Um, and so really... The given that those two, uh, Uchek and Fury, are the two guys that everyone wants to see fight, um, if he can sort of get himself in the mix in the lead up to that, then we'll get a bit of hype around it. But until then, I, I think we're just going to be seeing more of the, more of these fights until Joe finally decides to call it a day, and that would be fair enough too, because you know he's a boxer. He, he's done the hard work. He's had, I think it's thirty-one professional, thirty-four professional fights now. Uh, and you know he's earned his money. He, he deserves to sort of go out um, and with a reasonably healthy, um, you know, oh, a reasonably clean bill of health. So yeah, interest. Uh, it'll be. I, I think the next fight he has, we have this conversation all over again. Yeah, probably right. Uh, Mark Watson, your thoughts? Yeah, I look. Oh, look, great athlete. I think he's probably exceeded his own expectations throughout his career. Uh, you know, in fairness, going right back to Dean Lonergan, um, David Higgins, I thought they did really, really well in terms of trying to provide a pathway, taking a guy I think was a good boxer but was not ever going to really be a great boxer, provided some great opportunities. I think it's provided some real um, good moments for New Zealand sport. We always look forward to it, but I think when it really just comes down to it, this is going to sound a bit harsh, but I think he's probably naturally a little bit lazy. I think that yeah, I have a saying that you sort of maybe can't put back in what God left out, and I think right at the highest, highest level, I just think he's not quite there. And he's a good fighter, but he's not a great fighter. He's a great guy, um, as I said, very, very hard to dislike Joe Parker, and maybe he's too likable. Um, you know, he has made a good living out of it now. He's comfortable. Um, sometimes that affects people too. You know, in sport. You don't want to, you, you know. You never underestimate a person brought up on ration of cabbage, you know, who are, who are fighting their way out of poverty and fighting their way for a better life. And I think he's he's probably ticked a lot of those boxes. And I agree with Jamie. I think come the next fight, we'll be having the same same conversation. Um, and I think, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was to lose again in the future. You you, you try and right the wrongs. You come back out. You do a lot of talking. I'm the fittest I've ever been. I'm the fittest I've ever been. And then it's only three or four sort of you know, three to four years later that you talk to people behind the scenes. In fact, you know, he wasn't in great shape. Um, yeah, there were just things that were distracting him. And I, I just wonder whether that's been the case with Joe Parker for some time now. Mark Watson, um, athletics action over the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, Potts Classic. Um, stage down um, stage down over the weekend and a really good opportunity to see what I think is um, a golden era for um, for track and field for athletics in this country with the depth that we do have. I think probably really just most people thrilled to see Eliza McCartney back competing. Uh, they're not 
reaching great heights at the moment. I think four metres thirty something. You know, when she won bronze, it was four metres eighty. Um, but you know, suddenly we've got Imogenaeus. We've we've got sort of three women's pole vaulters starting to come through. We've we've got depth, and you know, we've got a bit of a succession plan um, behind Valerie Adams. Um, and so, yeah, look, and this is not this is not the first and last track and field meet to come over the summertime. And I, I do just encourage people to get along, whether it be to national championships, um, whether it be events like the Pirate Classic. I think there's the Sir Graham Douglas meet up in Auckland. Uh, yeah, just get along. It, it's 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 a very cool sport. There's depth in a lot of the different sports. Um, you know, genuine depth in women's sport and. You know, great depth and some of the shorter events on the men's side with the likes of Tia and Welpton. And of course, um, you know, got some very, very good distance runners at the moment. Yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, no, well, well done um, to Richard Potts and well done to the, you know, people down there in the Hawks Bay and a great, great way to remember one of the great women's runners in this country and Sylvia Potts. Mm, interesting. Um, okay, uh, Jamie Wall. Um, a bit of a familiar sign there with uh, the Silver Ferns. Not for the first time they've blown an advantage. This time they blew an eight-goal advantage um, to lose to Australia in the quad series. Yeah, it's true, but does this one really matter? I mean, we're obviously looking forward to um, the world champs later in the year. And so to kind of use these games as practice games and I think Nolene Tarua definitely did that because she uh, completely emptied her bench which is not that usual for a, for a netball test against um, Australia so I I can kind of excuse them on this one, like obviously it's no, no fun to lose especially to Australia but I think the eyes are on the bigger prize um, in that one Right, okay, uh, like, let's get you know, to yeah, okay, I, I understand that. Baseball, do you, do you follow baseball uh, at all, uh, Jamie? And, and not a bad performance. Um, they, they they get through to the playoffs, the Tuatara. Yeah, yeah, one of the great rain delays of all time. Uh, sorry, rain uh, washouts of all time, rather. Um, yeah, I've, I've been following the Tuatara since they, they started. Um, it's a good, fun day out out there. Uh, and um, it's... it's really the story of a little team that, that could. It's not only a, a New Zealand team playing in the in an Australian league, it's uh, it's one that's playing a, mono- a very very much a minority sport uh, in New Zealand. So uh, I think it's great. Um, they're they're an awesome organisation. Um, they're very very friendly and good to deal with. Uh, and um, I think that they they definitely had a lot of challenges this season. Um, Offence was a real problem for a while there, but they've definitely got their bats working uh, in the last few weeks, and that's what's propelled them through the playoffs. So. Um, really looking forward to seeing what they can do. It's just a bit of a shame that they're playing. I think it's in Adelaide um, for their playoff series. So, yeah, go to Tuatara. Really looking forward to this one. Okay. Uh, Jamie Wall and uh, Mark Watson have been our guests this morning on the panel.